Good morning. It is uh, June 27th, Sunday, and I'm out walking. It is 7, looks like 7.41 a.m., and it's hot. Like capital H, capital O, capital T, 20 exclamation points, hot. We're uh, en route today to um, perhaps the hottest day in recorded Seattle history. And then even hotter tomorrow. This is dangerous in so many ways for our world, for people in a very tangible moment right now in our, in our area. So uh, I'm just hoping um, and uh, praying that people are able to be safe and to take care of themselves today yesterday, today, and tomorrow in the midst of this incredible heat. It's an indication of climate change. Uh, these extremities, these extreme heat, extreme cold, extreme hurricanes, uh, tornadoes, all of these extremities and the wild, random fluctuations. Um, I'm as far from an expert on climate change as you could find, but I'm, even I'm aware of that. And that just puts a fine point on how important it is that we elect people into office who believe in science and are committed to, to truth. Um, I want to talk today about Wisconsin, actually, and about voting justice there uh, because of a court decision that just was issued about, about 45 minutes ago. So I want to talk about that in the fight to vote. Um, but I want to start with the, the reality that we, we are committed to a more just and inclusive democracy at Common Power. That's our, that's our energizing, foundational vision, that we are committed to a more just and inclusive democracy. Or the way that we actually have written it up, we are committed to a democracy that is just and inclusive, recognizing that we don't have one today. We are committed to fostering, supporting, and amplifying a democracy that is just and inclusive. And uh, we do that through our focus on voting and getting people registered to vote and fighting for their ability to register to vote and then to vote. And the reason we want people to vote is because we believe that in a democracy, the most common power that we have is the freedom to vote. The freedom to vote. And we take a thing on faith. We take, take it on faith at CP that if people are given the ability to vote and it's made available to everybody in equitable, free ways, that people will make decisions. They will make decisions that are good for themselves and for democracy. Now that, of course, does not happen all the time. But it is something that we believe in and we are committed to. And then we pair that with education to help people to understand who they might want to fight for and work for. But in wanting people to be able to vote, we are committed to to giving them a chance to elect their officials who represent them, who govern them. And when people get elected, 
um, we don't hold litmus test to them on issues other than are they committed to better voting access and opportunities. We don't apply other criteria. Um, we don't we don't vet their positions on climate change, um, immigration, on healthcare, other than just to see if they are reasonable. Are they reasonable? Then sure, yes. It would be hard for us to imagine supporting a climate denier, but as long as they're recognizing that the climate is, is changing and it's dangerous, then there are many, many ways to move forward on that. And we're not going to be down in the weeds on that because we believe that local voters should be able to make those choices. We just want to help them have the choice, the chance to do that. So we, we really believe that electing good people to office and giving good people the chance to elect people to office is a substantial way that we change our society. Um, and so there's been over time, uh, people have asked like, well, do you, do you have a list of things you look for in candidates that you support? Well, first and foremost, we look to candidates who um, have an investment in voting justice, a commitment there. And then second, are they folks who seem to be committed to their communities? That's about it for us. Those are the pieces that we look for. And then we apply over that a lens of a strategic usage of our resources, a strategic deployment of our people and our dollars. We can't be everywhere. We can't, we can't amplify and support everywhere. So we have to make some choices. So is someone commit is a candidate committed to voting justice is are they committed to their communities does it seem like that and then we have to make strategic choices that's why we have seven states of of key focus for us through 2022 and long term um that's why we we make choices about where we deploy time um and resources Wisconsin is one of our seven long-term states. It has been from the beginning because it's been a laboratory for tremendous progressive movement in our, in our, in our country over the decades and also a laboratory for tremendous conservative regression. It's the birthplace of the progressive party and it's the home of the Koch brothers. It's a place where Scott um, Walker removed all kinds of union and educational protections as a governor for two terms. And it's also a place where we have uh, Tammy Baldwin, the first U.S. Senator to be openly gay. So it's a place of contradictions. And because of that, um, it is a deeply contested political state. Uh, it's very close when you look at um, presidential elections. Hillary Clinton lost it to Donald Trump by about 22 or 23,000 votes in 2016. And Joe Biden won it over Donald Trump by about 20,000 votes in 2020. So it's very, very close. In the state, the Republican legislature leaders have worked with the Koch brothers and others to 
build one of the most stunning, diabolical, gerrymandered maps that you could ever imagine. Uh, actually, they built two of them, one for the state legislative districts and one for the congressional legislative districts, like is the case in all states. They, they um, built those in such sophisticated ways that it is the case that Republicans consistently get somewhere around 40% of the statewide vote for U.S. House and for U.S. I'm sorry, and for state, state house, for state, for uh, for uh, state house, and for U.S. House, but nonetheless have about 60% of the seats because they've built the maps in such a way that they've packed the Democrats into a smaller number of districts, and they've allowed Republicans to have a majority in many other districts, even though numerically in the state, far more Democratic voters for U.S. House and State House. That's given the Republicans a darn near stranglehold. Or let me quick say that uh, that, that Wisconsin gerrymandering is the focus of a great documentary called Slay the Dragon, which is about Michigan and the incredible work of voters, not politicians, in voter reform in Michigan, and about the fight against gerrymandering in Wisconsin. So Slay the Dragon, it's on Netflix. Uh, and we've had the privilege to work with Katie Fahey in Michigan on her work for voter reform, and she's been part of our Action Academy, being one of our mentors. It's been really, really great. So back to Wisconsin. Um, the legislature there, um, at the state level, is so gerrymandered that they have a stranglehold uh, on legislation. And they have used that, that lock on legislation to do all kinds of things, restricting the right to vote and removing the powers of the Democratic governor, Tony Evers. They have tried to overturn elections. They have tried to remove voting practices. They tried to block absentee voting in 2020. They've done all kinds of things. And part of what has given them further power is that they've had a majority, Republicans have, on the state Supreme Court for many years. This is one of the learning areas for progressives is how important courts are. And we worked in Wisconsin in 2019 to try to flip a Supreme Court seat from a Republican to a Democratic candidate. And um, we worked there in, I believe, March or April of 2019. And we were not successful. The Democratic candidate lost. And as a result, the candidate who was elected, who was re uh, replacing a Republican on the Supreme Court, continued to give the Republicans a five to two majority out of the seven seats. Five to two. That was a devastating loss. We did not do it. We were not able to help the Democratic candidate win. And that candidate, um, I remember 
she was excellent. And the Republican was somebody who was seen as very, very dangerous for voting and for kind of general uh, issues of justice. But we gave it everything we had. And I remember Charles, who was leading the Wisconsin team and the incredible Wisconsin team that we have. They all went out there, they did work on the ground and they flew back. And as they flew back, they were watching the results on their phone. And then they saw the results in totality when they landed and their candidate, our candidate had not won. It was very disappointing. But we gave it everything we had in a strategically important place. Good morning. And in doing that, we made a case, we made it apparent how important Supreme Court races are in all of these states, especially states that are gerrymandered by Republicans so that they are able to have a majority, even though they have less than a majority of the actual votes in the state. We pushed and pushed and pushed in that race, didn't get it, didn't get across the finish line, but made progress and let the Republican know that there are a body of folks over a million who had voted for his opponent. In 2020, there was another Supreme Court race in Wisconsin, um, also with a Republican seat. In this case, I believe it was an incumbent Republican vote running again. And we were slated to go to, 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 to go there and do work, but then COVID hit. And so the, the Wisconsin um, uh, elections folks had to pivot and they delayed the election at first. And then the Wisconsin legislature overrode that delay. It went to the state Supreme Court. The Supreme Court sided with the Wisconsin Republican legislature and the election went forward, even though it was at the height of the beginning of COVID. In that space, the Wisconsin Democratic kind of contingent mobilized in an extraordinary way to get folks to vote absentee. We went from about maximum 20% of Wisconsinites ever voting by absentee to 80% voting in that election in April. We made thousands upon thousands of phone calls sent probably thousands of postcards. We have an incredible postcard group in our Wisconsin team. And that election uh, uh, was so contested that there were dimensions of it, so contested legally, that there were dimensions of it that went up to the US Supreme Court. And the US Supreme Court eventually ruled in support of the Wisconsin legislature Republican gerrymandered legislature and affirmed the Wisconsin Supreme Court, which is a Republican dominated at that point, five to two court, that the election would go forward, that there would be restrictions on voting, but, 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 but there would be absentee voting and ballots would be allowed to arrive up to a couple days past the election. In that election, the Democratic candidate, I believe Jill Karofsky, Justice Jill won handily. She won handily. And she took office 
in the summer of 2020. So it's now a 4-3 Republican majority. And in the middle of 2020, there were a series of contested actions in the Wisconsin legislature and the governor and the elections officials that went to the state Supreme Court. And Karofsky, joined by that 2019 elected Republican, voted with the two previous Democrats on the, on the court to form a 4-3 majority that actually blocked a purge of the voting rolls that would have eliminated a couple hundred thousand Wisconsinites and upheld a series of voter expansion moves that the elections officials had put into place. Recognizing the kind of split in the state became a much more moderate person than we thought he would be. Okay? And I don't know why. I don't know why. All I know is we contested and worked for that seat. And he won that election. But he took with it a recognition that there is a, an electorate that's committed to voting justice and that he should be mindful of such folks. Well, I'm doing this podcast this morning, literally this morning, because the Wisconsin Supreme Court just issued another ruling this morning. And, uh, you know, courts issue opinions uh, on all kinds of days at all kinds of times. So Sunday morning, June 27th, out of Wisconsin, the Supreme Court ruled four to three with that same four majority, including that one Republican 2019, Justice Jill Karofsky and two others. They voted to uphold the usage of absentee ballot drop boxes. The opportunity for people to vote absentee and to drop those ballots off in absentee boxes around the state. The argument against these boxes is part of the big lie in this country that you can't trust these things, that there's fraud going on everywhere. People are stuffing these. There are others who are coming along and like swapping the ballot boxes. It's all fictitious. It's all completely a lie. And it's used, the big lie, to reduce access to voting, particularly in communities of color and where people are less mobile. They want to make it harder for people to vote, believing that only those of affluence and privilege, high education, and time on their hands are going to be able to vote. It's the strategy all over the country. It's what we're working against. And it's what S1 and HR4 are seeking to overcome. So today, the Supreme Court in Wisconsin, four to three in favor of voting justice in favor of a more just and inclusive democracy. In 2019, our work did not produce the election outcome we hoped for, and there was tremendous disappointment among our volunteers who had done so much work. That disappointment is real. It is, <laughs> it is crushing in a in a, in a real way. But we try. We give it everything we've got, and then we show up the next day. 
We are in this for the long haul. And that election produced an impact upon a Republican justice, which has prompted him to vote in a much more reasonable way than we expected. And then in 2020, we came back and we were able to get across the finish line with the candidate we wanted. This is one of the dozens of, this is an example of one of the dozens upon dozens of ways that we at CP have worked to enact a democracy that is more just and inclusive. We get caught up or we get enticed to be caught up in the ups and downs of every decision by Joe Manchin or by a president or a former president who gave a public rally last night in Ohio and delivered his, his usual diatribe against the election of 2020 and also blasted Republican officials in Wisconsin for not doing the kind of vote, and I put this word in quotes, audit that he thinks they should do. Well, they're about to do it. The, the Republicans in the state legislature are contracting with someone to do a count of votes in, I believe, Milwaukee County. The, you know, of course, the county where the majority of BIPOC folks live. So those Republican officials um, are going to do what their, their leader, Donald Trump, would like. They can do that. They have control of the state legislature. But on a daily basis, when we do our work for people who are committed to voting justice, for people who are invested in their communities, and where it's a strategic, good, logical usage of our resources, we make a difference. We make a difference in the courts, in elections, in getting people registered to vote, in believing in voter justice, supporting those folks who have been forever targeted by voter discrimination in our country. Wisconsin is one of our seven states. It's the state that doesn't fit the rest of the, what I call the Southern smile of our states. The rest of our states are across the South from Virginia in the East to Arizona in the West. But Wisconsin is a darn near southern, northern state, okay? Not geographically, but ideologically. It's where George Wallace got 33% of the vote when he ran for the Democratic primary in, 20, in 1964. Losing to Lyndon Johnson, but a third of the vote. We will do our work. It's a day of voting justice. It's a year, it's a lifetime. All right, we're pushing for S1. So many things are happening nationally. We're making progress. And then, there are then a number of instances we're not making the kind of progress we want, but we will continue. Hey folks, be safe today. Be determined, be strong. Let's keep our eyes on the prize. See ya.